Welcome to the audio podcast of the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online and in our recently renovated sanctuary. During the summer months from July 4th weekend through Labor Day weekend, our worship will be live Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Morning. A little bit off topic to start. If you ever go on vacation and you happen to go swimming with your phone in your pocket, um, let it go. (laughs) That's how I spent the last week. And when my phone finally was turned back on, you know, I had 200 messages. 200 texts, you know, and I was thinking to myself, what would I have gained if I had been texting all week? And what did I gain by not worrying about it? Let it go. So that's just off topic, but you know. So all the people, if you're watching and I didn't text you this week, now you know why. All right. Okay. Uh, Connor's up at Riverside. And I just drove back from uh, Martha's Vineyard last night, and Reverend Warnock is preaching today at the Tabernacle with uh, Vice President Harris, also saying a few words. But you know where the most important pulpit in America is right now, right at this second? It's right here, because I'm, I'm with all of you, okay? And you can watch, I think you can watch the Warnock one later, you know, I think, and I know you can watch the Connor one later, but uh, I'm very excited, honored, and it's a privilege to be here with all of you. I'm going to put on my 63-year-old glasses in honor of my father and also uh, because I need them. Um, Let us pray. Lord, please give me strength and courage, and may the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Amen. There's a scene in one of those Brat Pack movies from the 80s, you know, the John Hughes movies, where the young 20-somethings are washing dishes after, I think it's a Thanksgiving dinner, in their apartment, and and one of them, I think it's Demi Moore, says something like, it's official. We have become our parents. And to an extent, we all do. On my best days, I'm a combination of my mom and my dad. My mom, a hard worker, a quiet leader, the stay in the background, get stuff done person, no fanfare. She's been on Presbytery for years. She was a registrar at the seminary where she worked getting the professors to get their grades in on time. She's done a lot of good for her communities based on her faith. But she will also stand in the doorway at that cringy moment of a movie, you know, when, or a She can't watch any horror movies, but you know the embarrassing moment or the cringy moment in a movie? You know, she gets up off the couch and she'll stand in the doorway and kind of look sideways. And you know who does that too? I do. Now, my dad, who I got to preach with several times here, it's one of the honors of my life to have preached with my father here in this pulpit, um, he took things head on. He dealt with conflict openly. He was willing to have confrontation publicly. He was high energy. He was a great community organizer. And he helped make people make change in our society through his church and just working in the community. He took some risks to make his communities better based on faith. On my best days, 
I do things that both my mom and my dad have done based on faith. Today, I'm going to ask you a question about our faith and our works. Some translations in the Bible say deeds, faith in deeds, or faith in works. But I want you to think about your faith and your works today. When and why and how do you put your faith into action, into deeds in your life? Especially, when and how do you take risks based on your faith? Minister Foley Connor has been preaching on this topic in many different ways over the last few months. One of, his, one of their questions that I've kind of been ruminating over is, when and how do we put our bodies out there for radical love, for inclusion, for our faith, and work towards liberation? The Bible is full of risk-based or faith-based doers, faith-based people. Abraham leaving his country. We heard about Abraham in the reading offering to sacrifice his son. Uh, Moses switching allegiances and then identifying with the enslaved people and leading them to freedom. Daniel in the lion's den. Pretty much every prophet, right, speaking truth to power. That's faith-based works. John the Baptist announcing Jesus' is coming. And I think we kind of know what happened to John the Baptist. Um, Jesus' entire ministry is about taking risks. Think about how many times in Jesus' story, when he spoke up, he was chastised by those around him. And then there's a verse like, he went among them and got away. Going into the temple for the money changers, Jesus took risk. He also asked Pontius Pilate, who do you say that I am? That's pretty risky. That dude, was he was running the Roman Empire over there. In our world, a lot of work that's been done to move our country to become a so-called more perfect union has been led by people of faith who took actions in large part because of their faith. Many abolitionists, some of them who sat in these pews, and we heard about them during our 200-year celebration videos, um, were driven by their faith to take action against slavery in our country. And Frederick Douglass was relentless in his attacks on, those so, on the so-called Christians whose beliefs enabled slavery during that time and were slow to act to abolish it. In, our, in more in our time, civil rights leaders, Fannie Lou Hamer, John Lewis, Hosea Williams, Dr. King, they were all led by their faith to take risks to make our country and the world a better place. What do all of these folks, both from the Bible and in our own history, have in common? What's the through line? Faith. Faith in God. Faith in the purpose of growing God's kingdom. Faith in the cause of justice for, dare I say it, all people? All people. Because all people deserve justice in God's word. Faith in honoring Jesus' ministry as when Jesus announced his ministry to liberate the oppressed. Faith in the ministry of creating God's community, as we say here, on earth as it is in heaven. These folks all understood fully the words of the psalmist that we read today, the words that we will sing and hear a little bit later in this service. The Lord is my strength and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Through their faith, they always made a plan. Well, not always, but almost always made a plan. They took action to work towards justice, to work towards love, to create ministries to build God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. They were saying loud and clear, as we heard in the reading from James this morning, 
I will show you my faith through my works. So what about us? How do we take chances to try to do something new or to continue to work at building God's kingdom because of our faith? How can our faith, our belief in a God of justice, help us to do the type of works that create God's kingdom right here, right now in this community? Even though I've participated in a lot of marches for various causes in my life, I still find myself at times standing in the metaphorical doorway when the scary part of the movie comes on. And right now, in case you haven't looked on Facebook lately, that movie is pretty scary. So why do we sometimes take a risk to put our faith into action? It could be because we understand that Jesus is calling us to work towards love, to work towards liberation. Maybe we put faith into action because we believe in the cause. Or maybe we believe in the people that we are working with. Sometimes we just know it's the right thing to do. Or we see the possibility or the change or the reward, the goal that's out there, and we say, if we take the risk and follow it up with our commitment, we'll get to that goal. Now, I also realize that the contrary is true. We may not take risks or pull back because of our doubts. We may think that the cost is too high, personally, professionally, or financially. The cost, it could be our job. The cost could be money. Money is a factor in risk. The cost could be friendship or a relationship we have with other people or even our family members. And yes, in some larger context with bigger stakes, the cost could even be our lives, as the Apostle Paul and too many civil rights workers found out, and Jesus did too. Mixing my metaphors a little bit, there's a sports expression that's attributed to the hockey great Wayne Gretzky. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. I ask myself, what shots am I not taking right now? What could I be doing to put my faith into action more? Ask yourself, where do you find yourself as an individual? Where do we find ourselves collectively as a community right now, coming out of COVID? Still have a lot of amazing visitors from all over the world. We still have this incredible choir. We have so many things going on. But where do we find ourselves as a community in terms of our own faith journey? And how are we developing ourselves individually and collectively as faith leaders to put our faith into action? And yes, everybody I'm looking at right now is a faith leader. You all are. How are we demonstrating that we're risking our faith in, to, put, to make the life of Christ a reality here, right now. Working radically, as, as I think my friend John Abernathy says, he loves the word radical, radical inclusiveness, radical love. How are we using that for liberation here? Connor's sermons and working with our session have helped me to see the incredible opportunities that we have, both individually and collectively, as, church, as a church to take risks to work for the love and liberation that Jesus calls us to do. Here are just a few of the opportunities to sustain and create our ministry that will continue to grow this place as an example of God's radical love here in this world. The easier ones are first. Say hello to each other. Listen better. I don't do that very well. 
Tell someone you appreciate them or even that you love them. Talking to somebody you don't know. Zane already kind of started us doing that this morning. You can tell Zane grew up in a Pentecostal church. Um, but looking at each other, making that eye contact, saying hello. I'm not, it's too hot in here to take the time to do that right now, but I'm challenging you after this sermon, after this service is over, find somebody you don't know and say hello before, before you leave today. Introduce yourself. There are some faith-based risk, faith risks that take a little bit more commitment, but they're worth it. You could join our pastoral care team, visit somebody in the hospital. You could join a committee. We have 11 working committees in this church taking care of everything from keeping the roof over our heads, the lights on, raising, raising our fun, uh, fundraising, money, um, getting donations, how worship is run, the way we communicate, even the way we market all of the things that are happening here to the world. You could visit someone in prison or write a letter to someone in prison through our relationship with the Church of the Gethsemane. You could help out in our food pantry or bring some food to the community fridge, celebrated its, what, two-year, Sarah, anniversary? Three years, and three-year anniversary. It needs to be cleaned. People can clean a refrigerator. I know we've all done it, right? That's a way you can contribute. You can volunteer to teach and help out in our youth and family ministry program that we'll have in the fall. If you're interested, see me or Morel, because um, I'm going to be working with the young people this fall. There are opportunities to take a chance to put your faith into works to help build God's kingdom. And if you have a little trepidation, if you're a little bit afraid, just remember, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You could even take a risk and give more money to support any of our ongoing ministries or to help develop a new ministry like our houseless ministry outreach that Connor and Terrence, our elder Terrence, elder Diana Lee, and others have been working on. We, need, we are going to need support there. Or you can rally to march and close Rikers, the prison on Rikers Island. I'm sorry, it's a jail. As Dave and Jane Elkey have been leading us for many years, that's faith in action. Or if you were someone, now Zane said a lot of nice things about me, but I'm about to say uh, something about Zane. If you were someone like Elder Zane Silva, one of the most courageous Christians that I have ever met, you could put your faith to work and take on discrimination in religious education as part of a national class action lawsuit. Zane is one of several plaintiffs in a national suit seeking to address the ongoing discrimination in this country against LGBTQIA people in, in seminaries all over. Faith in action. Thank you, Zane. When I think about my faith in action, I want to work towards justice and protecting the rights of all people in our country. There are lots of tools to do this. Which of these could your faith help you do or support? Here's a list. Marches, protests, boycotts, public hearings, calls for resignation, civil disobedience, litigation, organizing, re registering voters, petitioning, running for office, mass meetings, showing up and speaking out against homophobia and white supremacy, donating to those who are doing the above. You could support stubborn or investigative and local journalism, unrelenting media attention to injustices, and support administrative and professional disciplinary action when people don't go by their professional ethics. 
or even support shutdowns, general strikes, or teach-ins. How many of those are you willing to step into because of your faith? We must all evaluate our faith and how we are putting our faith into action. We have to evaluate the risks, the opportunities to grow as a community. Individually and collectively as a church, we must have a plan for how we put our faith into action to build God's kingdom and work towards justice. How do we do that? We start with prayer. We pray. We study God's call for liberation. We ask God for help. We discern, and then we pray some more. We, look, we refer to our vision. Our church's vision is pretty amazing vision, if you ever read it. I think, I don't know if it's on these bulletins, these summer bulletins, but it's worth taking a look at in terms of its call to build God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. A clear, tangible, better future, it's based on God's call for love and justice. That's what our vision in this church is about. We plan as best we can a step-by-step -step of how to get there, and then we take the first step. My wife Stephanie is Buddhist, and she chants regularly and makes determinations as she chants. It's kind of living your faith, right? Making those determinations. She introduced me to this quote, which inspired me as I created a high school in 2003 in Bushwick, Brooklyn, to offer more equitable opportunities for students of New York City. Later, we moved to Governor's Island. She helped me again and supported me in that move. Listen for the power of providence, of God, of the universe in this quote. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness, Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. I'm going to say that again. That the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that never otherwise would have occurred. A whole stream of events, issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings and material assistance, which no person could have dreamed would have come their way. I have learned a deep respect for one of Goethe's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius power and magic in it. Begin it now. We know that faith without works is dead, and we also know that the Lord is my strength and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Today, in our call to worship, we heard Diane read, for, for time to go out into the world with love, we pray for that strength. And from our prayer of confession this morning, we prayed to God to give us strength to be the best of ourselves. As we become the best of our parents, the best of those who raised us, the best of those who came before in this church over the past 200 years, let us all work together to support each other individually and collectively as we put our own faith into action to grow this community on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you are fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. 
The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options, both in-person and online, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time during the summer, from July 4th weekend through Labor Day weekend. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.